Next time you're walking by a bearded homeless person on the street at six in the morning. It might be a podcaster. Yeah, it might be a podcaster. <laughs> it might be a podcaster, that person. And it might be Bo. Actually, it probably is Bo. So don't judge. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Good evening, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Three guys, random topics, quality reviews. My name is Michael Hodgins, and with me tonight is, of course, Crofton Steers. Hello, Crofton. Uh, good evening, Michael. And the one and only Bo Schwartz. Hello, Bo. Hello. How are you today, Mike? Oh, I'm very well. Very well. You know, the seasons are turning. How are you guys doing? Spring is here. I'm actually doing pretty good. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned spring because um, I've been feeling like just super positive on life ever since that warm weekend we had uh, here in Ottawa. Um I've just been feeling really enthused and really energized to, you know, embark on new initiatives and that sort of deal. So, yeah, feeling great. It's like spring the new, has sprung. The new beginning, yeah. Um, yeah, no, spring is uh, pretty sweet. I I uh, did notice, though, like, like my, I'm pretty cheap, okay? It's fairly well known. I don't buy that many jackets. Uh, a lot of people have, like, different jackets for days of the week. I had, like, my one ski jacket I literally wore all winter. I wear to work. I don't have, like, a work jacket. But I have one kind of spiffy-looking spring jacket. It's not too bad. It's kind of spiffy-looking. I quite like it. But literally, it was too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold to wear the spring jacket, then just right for maybe two hours, and then it was too hot. And now it's too hot and I can't wear it. That is a frustrating aspect of spring. I feel you because I, I left, I think, the house to go to your place for, no, I can't remember what it was, but I, you had brunch on the, the, the Sunday at your place. And I remember leaving in shorts and it's true, it was like, like brunch. it was like, oh, this is too cold. And I l- literally went back to my house to get like jeans and a jacket. And then I went outside and after five minutes, I'm like, God damn it, I'm hot. And I'm like, <laughs> I sat there like for five minutes, like, should I go back and change? Should I not? I ended up not doing it, but I was very it, sweaty. At the should end I just take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> like right there in the sidewalk? <laughs> it, it definitely is like that. I was making maple syrup on the weekend. As you know, Crofton, because you, uh, you and your lovely wife came and joined, uh, joined me up there. But it was like, I feel like if I could count the amount of times I put my sweater on and took it off during the day, I'm sure it was... 20 times if it was once it's just like i'm hot i'll take my sweater off then the wind blows now i'm cold and it just goes on like that all day but I, oh well it's, I still, it's still nicer than the bitter cold of winter i guess one thing i thought was funny was during the weekend we were making maple syrup and uh, there was a gentleman we met from cameroon who was who was visiting michael and he was uh what was funny was he had not been in canada that long and we were making Pretty much making a make maple syrup with Canada geese flying overhead next to a flying Canadian flag. It <laughs> it just felt like it could not be more Canadian. Stereotypical. Yeah. Canadian. <laughs> or hey, you like this, eh? Um. <laughs> he also came from Cameroon to Canada, probably the worst possible time, which I think was like November. <laughs> so it's like you get me, you're like, oh, it's kind of cold and miserable. Thank you. It's only gonna get worse for like. Six it's months. only gonna get worse, but then it might get slightly better. And yeah, then I think again, it'll it'll do a turn. 
a turn for the warm soon, I think. Do you guys want to do a, a topic? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of only getting worse, why don't we start a topic? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, pull the pull the choke or whatever it is. Uh, this is one of these ones that's like, all right, uh, war? War? War. What is it good for? Bam, 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 bam. That's going to be the lightest moment on this podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I was starting to say when I saw it, because I'm like, who's going to say good? Oh, war is good. Well, I I think some, well, I think, I th- I can think there are people out there who would make a case for um not war necessarily being like this stellar party of some kind but in the f- you know why would you go to war there may be good reasons to do so. Well and- this is yeah and that's the only time I can think of it's people make the argument of the just war with capital J like a just war for instance world war 2 is history has somewhat labeled as a just war for the allies um but if and- you think about that cuz i mean that's true and i mean like for sure it was a just war but if you think about it uh it was war that caused it it wasn't like it was because hitler started a war <laughs> and then other people were like well i guess we better fight him and uh and just justly so well he started invading things yeah with but it mili- was- with military force that's essentially starting a war it, it is but if nobody fought back then he would just take it right yeah but i mean lots of people didn't and escalated you know it's interesting to think about that and we you know there's speculation about a war in ukraine right now and in in, in right. russia uh, doing essentially the same types of things, invading countries and well, conquering, right? Like if there's no war, then what you're doing is is conquering. Like you, oh, that's a nice country over there. You don't have very many defenses. We think you should belong with us, <laughs> you know, or you know, belong to us or be a part of our country. And if there's no, you know, no defense or very little defense, I think you're just conquering things and slapping your name on it, as opposed to. To me, a war is one that, that, you know, the two opposing forces are actually involved in, in a fight that's going to have, or a number of fights, because war is not over in a day very often, um, that involve a lot of death, a lot of, um, you know, destruction of the, the landscape and of the environment, really. And um, so so I think the idea is that maybe, like, in the Hitler case, like, World War II, is like, he was conquering. Like, he, he went into Hungary, and I think he went into Poland. And it was like, yeah, these... I, I'm not very good on my World War history, so I don't want to butcher this kind of stuff. It especially might be sensitive for some individuals. But the idea is that by doing so, uh, he declared war with the rest of the world, who's not cool with, you know, effectively. Like, they, the Allies rose up to meet that challenge, because you're not going to leave a despot like that in check. It's bad. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and like, I think, I don't think it's all those countries were just, like, sitting there on their laurels and have him come in. Like, I think there was, like, France, there was, you know, he, he was waging war, basically, before it fully escalated and Britain declared war and all this kind of stuff. But um, and that's why they're looking at Putin right now, and like what Neville Chamberlain did with um, 
with with Hitler, they thought they saw as appeasement, and now people are are saying that that's what the West is doing with Putin now is are appeasing, and they're turning a blind eye to to what could potentially be a con, uh, um, uh, uh, a tense situation. But the alternative to that, the alternative to something like appeasement, is threats and being like, okay. Well, we're going to – if you do this, we're going to attack you, you know, or if you – and then that just, you know, it escalates. It, it leads to war. And the reason I – like World War II is the most uh, popular war in terms of popular culture. It's weird to say that, but it's true. Everybody's sort of – and one of the reasons is because it's easily digestible is a just war. And you look at something like the Indiana Jones movies, which are like rousing adventure, family-friendly movies. Who are the main villains? The Nazis. Why? Because it's easy to be like, these guys are just, you know, just evil and therefore fighting them is like, a, you know, a, mo- a moral duty and that sort of thing. But when, when the reality is, is that all wars, even World War II, are full of moral ambiguities, is people, you know, in conflict for different reasons that they believe are justified. And war, of like all the topics that we've done on this show, is the one that I think it, it's probably the oldest up there with prostitution. Um, and it's uh, definitely one that has shaped the entire world in which we live in. And that's really where big changes happen. And as we move into the, you know, further into the 21st century, you look at the world map sometimes and it feels like, oh, nothing's ever going to really, really change anymore. In the olden days, like there'd be these giant wars, Genghis Khan would you know, cross the cross Asia, taking countries left and right. That you know, we've moved past that now. Everybody's got their own little little territory. But now you see stuff like Ukraine, and you say, "Wow, war can just happen uh, like it did in the past for the past multiple millennia at the drop of a pin." Yeah, and I mean, it still has like in the Middle East. Like, look at Syria. There's war going. It's a civil war going on there. Places in Africa. Like, there are kind of wars happening more or less all the time uh some of them just don't get their local sort of skirmishes between um you know not not so much world player states so it's the the rush the russian case is particularly scary because if you like you know you start as soon as you start to think like okay uh the u.s is gonna is gonna do something military militaristic to to combat what Russia's doing, it's like, and then you think, okay, so Russia and the U.S. are going to go to war? Like, oh, man, like, we're all going to die. Like, it's how long before the nukes start flying? And and that's very scary when if you say, like, oh, well, you know, there's a civil war in Syria. It's like, oh, who cares? They're kind of killing themselves. I mean, I, I say that that sounds very callous, but from, you know, intervention from uh, from 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 other countries, obviously there's not that many people getting involved. Uh, it's remaining a civil war. But certainly, like it's it's scary when it's a concept of the sort of remnants of the superpower states potentially going to war. It's a very frightening thought. Yeah, no, I I think that's true, and it is kind of weird when you put it like that. But it is it is true. You get selfish with regards to wars. You think, how does this affect me? And like, oh, a Syria Syrian domestic conflict. You know, it's out of sight, out of mind. That's how people how how people see these things. But like, I guess the question is, when we we put a topic in the random talk topic generator on the show, we we have to think to ourselves: Is this a topic that we could possibly give any of the uh, three? 
uh, criteria that we label on that that being good, bad, or bullshit to to it like that we could um, ascribe to it. In this case, the one that we're we that you would immediately struggle with is calling war good, and that's why when I started with the just war thing, I think it, it, it's like you almost have to think in the hypothetical, which is like. If you're right now, you're I sit comfortably in my uh, in my house in in my country, in which like if I didn't lock my door at night, honestly, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But what if all of a sudden, you know, an army just cross the border? Let's say the Americans for kicks are right there. They just walk in and that sort of stuff and uh, take you know take over my you know my my country or whatever, imprison me in this sort of thing, like. Would I want there to be some sort of sort of pushback? What level am I a pacifist, and at what level, like when it starts really impeding into my uh, my life, and when it's say something that I don't feel is justifiable, like if I if if Canada was creating nuclear bombs to drop on the states and the states invaded, I would understand. But if the states just invaded to conquer and, and that, like, at what point would I say, you know, no, we need to push back? Like, while I don't like that maybe the ends of war, it is the means that might be, it might be a good thing to resolve an issue. Is that wrong? Well, well, and it's, it is interesting because it comes back to the whole point of basically it's, it's, it's another state kind of, it's like someone has to start a war is what it comes down to. Like, like you know, you, you give the example, which is a good one of us in this, you know, Canada, pretty peaceful, uh, peaceful country. And then if someone came in and invaded us, would we go to war? And I feel like most people would be like, oh, you know, yeah, it affects us personally. We probably would want some kind of pushback. Um, so, but, but, but at the same time, for that to happen, another state has to come and invade us, essentially – provoke a war is it so you know and the u.s is not likely to do that because what's really the beginning yeah well i, I think the be, i think the the beginning is essentially that uh, humanity since you know since the greeks or even before organizes itself into factions i mean we're at a point of global awareness now where we know what all the countries in the world are um, and it's common knowledge. It's not just the intelligentsia who may have a, a, a good working knowledge of how, you know, politics between countries work and an awareness. Like we're at the most aware that we've ever been about all the different cultures and all the different countries that are out there. Um, but I think as so long as humanity divides itself into factions and not just separated by, like, there's nationalism, but there's also, you know, we have some of those science fiction novels that talk about how the new cultural boundaries could be, you know, associations with different types of corporations or that kind of thing. Like, so long as there's this idea that humans belong to a certain faction or a set of cultural ideals or anything, when those come into direct conflict through invasion or through conquering or through just unfair treatment so we talk about civil war civil war happens because it's the government separating itself from the government or the the cased in power uh in impugning too much on the mass of the population within that that faction or that country um the last recourse is it's so intolerable that we have to kill your people to you know make our point and then i think that that the two the two go together i think most people would say war is is horrible because really it's the act of slaughtering one another's <laughs> like people like we're killing people we're treating we're we're 
I mean, we venerate soldiers, and as we should, as I hope that all armies do, but, you know, we're institutionalizing, uh, you know, murdering of people, whether they're the enemy or whether it's our own people. Um, and, like, that on the face, it, it sort of flies in the face of no matter what country you're in, you, you should be, except for, I don't know, maybe, like, in the Nazi example, that's an extreme case where that wasn't. But there's a value on human life, and that's a complete debasement of that set of morals or understanding that uh, you know, we don't care about life. We're just going to keep murdering and keep killing. And it's very grotesque. That's like a grotesque face of humanity. So, but I mean, I how do we solve the problem of factionalization? You know, it's. But yeah, no, which which is true. But, but what you're saying, you make it sound like the people uh, have war for the sake of having war. And while I'm sure there are psychopaths that have led night nations that just want war for war's sake. Um, I, I really think that, that war is the end result of, um, of those, those different groups you mentioned, uh, finding themselves in opposition with each other for other reasons, right? So war is like the final escalation of a conflict that started elsewhere, you know, the only, the only, um, and th that's, that's modern war. Cause like, well, while this video game I played called fallout starts, has a famous mantra, which is that war never changes. Um, war has changed a lot, both in the way that it's waged, but also in, in the fact that, uh, previous wars were very much wars of, um, like, uh, conquering territory like when mike used the example of why would the states come in and take us over i'm like it would be a huge public relations disaster yeah but we have tons of natural resources so in the you know in a previous generation's previous time they would just be like oh we're gonna come and take that stuff because you know what we can we have a way more powerful army than you it would be really easy for us to just march in and take it and take ownership of this. But now they, they, there's so much more that they have to think about in this sort of connected world. Well, the U.S. Well, incursions into Middle East are about control of resources, right? Or, I mean, many speculate that that's the case. I don't know if that's for I mean, sure. Was Sure, I, I think some would argue that that there's there's just better way to achieve the same ends, and that's through economic exchange. So it'd be like, um, and that's probably again, you know, touches on your Middle Eastern point. Uh, if is it they feel like they're not being cooperative with sharing the resources, whereas Canada's quite cooperative with shipping all their resources out to anyone who kind of will pay for it. Um, so there's no reason to come to war here because it's like, well, we'll pillage our own land and send our resources elsewhere just for for economic gain. There's just a better system by which to. To, to acquire things like resources which are held in land. But I, I think taking a more basic view of war, um, and I like to think of it as like every, everything's an evolution, right? Culture, you know, the fact that human beings exist, things like war. And if you think about it really basically, like if you take it down to its smallest, to its smallest, um, uh, smallest degree, it's just it's a fight, you know? And if you're good at it, and if you think of, about how it could have arisen, and you think of when you were a kid, maybe you had a fight with, with or you can imagine getting in a fight with another kid and if you come to a realization that like hey if you have like a little gang of kids you know then that other kid you're you know he won't bug you anymore you're more likely to to to, to win any fight you can just see how things evolve through like bo you're talking about clan sort of or 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 a group kind of mentality but clearly it's just like it's also just a, a very basic means to achieve power so i feel like if if your goal is just to be powerful and you're good at organizing people for 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 war, it's a very effective way to 
to achieve power. Well, yeah, because I, I think that would be like the two. There would be the two sides to to the reasons to go to war, and one would be you have a despotic government who wants to grab power and is doing so through brute force. Um, you know, whether it's conquering territory or resources or whatever. Uh, and then there are the ones where it's the, the just war, the war of defense or calling to aid of another country because we vilified or don't believe in the ideology that the other country proposes for war. Um, but, you know, I think the one important thing about war is that, you know, the people, there's always an effort made to get the people behind it, whether it's, you know, we're talking about Nazis or we're talking about uh, North Korea uh, or we're talking about a free thinking, you know, first world culture. Um, you know, like I think often in the United States, they're always sort of embroiled in conflict. Their they're, they're arm, militaries in various places throughout the world involved at various levels of open war or just a covert war. And there's a lot of criticism uh, leveled at, at, at that not all of the war that they're engaged in is exactly just or positive, that it's for ulterior means. And I, I think that like when we think of we think of war, um, we're thinking of the kind of war that the people would be behind, that, that, that the populace at large, whatever the, the faction is being represented, is behind it. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of sensing there's two types of war, and I'm like, I'm not. I don't. The war about power or control doesn't sound as someone living in the first world sounds very awful. But the war well, that, like, it's like we're rushing to the aid of of you know we're, the World War Two, as Grofton said, is like, oh, I think that's a very positive thing. What we how we participated in in that war. But like, there is a difference between modern warfare and more historical wars, where I think that, because I, I read some historical fiction about Genghis Khan, and I've done some, I read a biography of Genghis Khan as well, I found him quite interesting, and I think that essentially for the Mongols of the time, war was essentially just culture, like that's, that's what they did, uh, it, was, it was the men were warriors, and that's that's essentially how their their society was structured. Um, they they could they they were very good at it, and they just sort of like successive generations. As soon as a, a boy was born, he strapped to a horse, learned how to fire an arrow, and they were extremely successful at war. And through that, they were able to like have food, wealth, whatever they wanted, power, and essentially that's just it was just cultural. I, I was I was listening because there was a I listened to a, a show about I think it's Genghis Genghis Khan. Anyways, whatever. But I, that a woman with a kid could you know walk from one end of their empire to the other end of the empire without fear of any harass like it was very safe actually within their borders for the people who were part of that empire. Yeah, Isn't Genghis Khan uh, didn't he rape and pillage like crazy? He killed as many as 10 million people. <laughs> and I heard some crazy stat like cuz he really decimated areas of like Afghanistan, man, that, that poor Afghanistan, they really get the butt end of a lot of stuff. Afghanistan and areas of Persia and apparently killed so many people <laughs> that, that that it took the population like from when he was uh prominent, which is we're talking like 12th century sort of um it took until the 19th century before the population in that area got back to where it was before genghis khan like there was literally millions of people killed but but again, ah, that's crazy he still held bill and ted in, on their excellent adventure <laughs> maybe not the most historically accurate uh, movie that but but again like it's just it's sort of it's interesting to, to we judge it often from this first world perspective of all this like killing and and massacring, but I think there was a lot of periods of uh, of 
of history where it, it was really more of a of a cultural thing and that something like doing it just for power or respect was a perfectly good reason for war and uh, i mean we're talking cultures that are very different than the one the one we live in but there's certainly times where it wasn't such a uniformly despicable thing that we think of it as it is today yeah no i I definitely recognize that, that the perception of war – now there's sales jobs that have to go on, right? Like you saw with the Iraq war, it was a massive, massive sales job and you, it, it, to the American people. And uh, even like World War II, propaganda posters and all that sort of stuff, you know, enlist now or – or um, FDR had to make a huge pitch of why the Americans should should even join this war, um, be, and it in it in the end took the the bombing of Pearl Harbor to get them involved. So so it, it's much easier to justify a war when you are of course being attacked, right? Like I know it sounds ridiculous saying that out loud, but but I have like this is not to to uh, to put myself like as a supreme pacifist, like to paint myself in that way. But I have never really gotten in a fight. Like I've gotten in, there's one sort of conflict I got in, in junior high or whatever, nothing I would really call, um, a, a fight. Okay. So, um, on my, in my day-to-day interaction there, I might have conflict with someone. I never wanted to escalate to any sort of level of physical, <clears throat> physical violence. And maybe I over accommodate to ensure that that doesn't happen. Not that there is really that much like physical violence in our society compared to other ones in the past, but I will try and to definitely not, not, not to fight. And if somebody just came up out of the blue and punched me in the face, um, and, and you know, I first of all, I wouldn't be expecting it. Second of all, if I stayed conscious enough, uh, and the guy jumped on me and like continued fighting, at one point I would fight back in self-defense, right? Like I wouldn't just repeatedly get punched in the face, um, and uh, and also just get the act of getting punched in the face would probably release a bunch of like chemicals in my brain that make me really pissed off. And even though I am generally pacifist and peaceful by nature, I would I would engage in the in the combat uh, with this other person, physical combat. Whereas whereas a war is really an escalation of this, and it's convincing. It's getting this sort of like this hatred and this it it it's a brew of unhealthy chemicals. I feel and and. And it's the creation, maybe real, maybe artificial, of the um, of, of the feeling of threatened, like that you feel threatened, and therefore you must respond. Um, and only only now and uh, is there this new sort of feeling of uh, that they sell on the Americans, which is that of global protection, that of protecting. So, like, if I see Mike get punched in the face and he is he's getting uh, beat on by some guy just completely randomly, um, that I would then, you know, run in and, like, start beating up that guy to, to help my friend, when in reality, we all know I would just let Mike get pounded on. Um, there's an interesting thing I, I was reading about recently. I can't remember if I talked <laughs> about this on this podcast. I always I've said this before. Uh, but it applies to war. Uh, it's called a progress trap. And uh, there's a really interesting documentary you can watch on YouTube called Surviving Progress. It's worth a watch to any of our listeners who might be interested. And in any case, a progress trap is just like, you know, we, we all, you know, progress is always happening. But at some point, it just becomes not, say, good. And and, and an example of that is, is, is war. So it's like we've gotten, as human beings, better and better at war. So if we go back to 
Genghis or Genghis Khan or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, just, just, just being on horseback with arrows was just more than anyone could handle at the time. It was like a technological sort of leap in how you how you waged war and he was super successful moved along you know things like like advent of gunpowder totally changed the way war was fought world war uh, earlier than world war ii but the mechanization of war right post-industrial revolution and now all of a sudden machine guns and tanks and this industrial type war but but and then so again this is progress we've got better and better at it but then then come in the nuclear bomb and now we've got too good at it. So we're essentially what you're, you know, during the Cold War, they always, this, 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 this concept of mutually assured destruction, which is you start a war between USSR and the states. They're going to just, they're just going to send volleys of nuclear weapons at each other and wipe out each other's, wipe out each other's civilization and probably scorch the scorching the earth. So that's now at this point we're too too good at war. So the stakes are so high that we're talking about literally basically destroying everything. And I feel like that's kind of we've entered into this new paradigm of of war which is one of kind of like we need to have this sort of restraint um because I I think and thankfully that there is some awareness uh, around, you know, you talk about um, Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. They say how close we came to mutually assured destruction uh, there. But this realization that, that that there's now like the the stakes are, you know, not to say that the stakes aren't high in something like World War II, millions of people dead. But let's face it, a nuclear holocaust at a global scale is something completely different. And it, and that's that's basically a, a progress trap. And I feel like so with this thing with Russia, and I'm glad the U.S. is, is showing restraint. I mean, they, at some point, it's like how far can Russia push? But then what's going to happen if the U.S. gets involved in the war? At what point does it start going bad for one of them and that nuclear weapons start flying? It's a really, really scary proposition. Yeah, I, I wanted to add, too, just on the progress of war as well. Um, we're in the information age now. And um, there's actually a, a lot of activity. Um, it's not open war. It's not outright. Uh, there's a lot of activity in the hacker community. Um, just that there was, uh, I think it was just last year, there was this new insanely like small virus that was showing up on people's computers that would take screenshots of what was on your screen and would record keystrokes and send it through a massively complex network of proxies so you know covering up where the information was being sent to and this was this was big time news i follow some security blogs and stuff like that because i'm kind of interested in that sort of thing and um, what they ended up discovering was that it was the U.S. government that created, specifically to spy on you know Pakistan and some Middle Eastern countries. But it got out into the wild, so to speak. And so, like there, there, there is warfare. Um, it's 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 kind of it's. I don't know if it's an act of war, but if you know you're a country and I'm another country and I, I start, I'm like I want to spy on you and collect all of your information. I mean that's. That's what can be. It is a form of aggression. Well, I, I mean, I, and, I, I would say that espionage yeah. is sort of different. It's, than it's war, different, but, but it's like I would just say because we have this. Um, what's it called? A mutually assured destruction sort of standoff. Uh, a lot of a lot of this um, sort of you know getting of information and, and discovering these kinds of things are conducted through you know computers. The computers are a major battleground in terms of finding out, oh, is someone planning to shoot a nuclear uh, bomb at us? Well, we got to know first so we can shoot it back at them or or preempt it in some other way. So it's a facet of it and just, you know. 
it's but not before, it's not for killing i suppose which is before you know, we, i mean before we move into into verdicts i i feel like we have to try to come up with uh and i know this might sound dave is stupid but just as an exercise uh positive you know aside from just wanting to attain power or resources positive aspects to war i think there are not many um but maybe you could argue that population reduction uh is sometimes a good thing even if it's horrible um I, I, I sound like <laughs> yeah. a jerk like here, a, like a I'm, eugenicist almost well no but well, no no that has nothing to do with eugenics but uh, what i'm saying is is in terms of like we have a lot of people on the planet and it's it's causing a lot of issues well, i think yeah. i think where war, it dovetails we, with eugenics is just look, deciding on who gets the bomb <laughs> it has nothing to do with eugenics but okay, okay. Uh, I I think that if we're talking and I understand we talked about this earlier and and what what is good about war I think really that's why I I mentioned and started with the the just war idea because I really think that um, the only really good thing uh, about war, about war and like the war itself isn't isn't necessarily the good thing but if you're using it as a tool it is in restraining the unrestrainable. So if there is somebody that has somehow, um, as in the case of Hitler, sold themselves uh, and taken power and maybe mentally unbalanced or just completely, completely insane, because let's not fool ourselves. There are insane people that have taken taken power. They can be charismatic and insane. Some people they, say that's Putin. Yeah. You could you could make that argument for sure, and so at what point this person now controls um, everything? And there's two options. There's one. There's a, there's an internal violent coup to remove this person, or two, you subscribe to that person's ideology, or they they manage to sail or control the sell or control the message to the point in which they 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 create a war and, and so now they've created a, a, an, an an invading army um and if you defend yourself from that army while the war might not necessarily be good if the alternative is to roll over and just let this insane person take over the world well then that's not good so i i you know uh, while i can't say the 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 war is uh, is necessarily a good a, a a good thing per se. It it is a necessary. It feels like it's a necessary. Can't have a necessary. And yeah, no, I know. I I think that that's definitely that's so, definitely a good point. So just um, war, just war being one of the good applications. Of yeah, war. I mean, and the thing and, is, like, these are not look. These are not good. Uh, when I said population reduction, like I'm not in favor of like violent population reduction. I'm I'm just trying to feel like side outcomes. Some people also say um, economic stimulus. You know, some some people credit right. Second yeah. World War for bringing the U.S. out of uh, the Great Depression. And to say and and there's been there was talk about or, or one of I don't remember which Iraq War, but when the Iraq War being kind of like oh this will get the economy going. I mean that sounds like a deplorable reason to have war, but some people might argue that that's one of the side benefits. Is that yeah, it is a side benefit for sure. It could create uh, uh, and I'm not sure about the benefit of this, but it create can create nationalistic pride or fervor or whatever and that sort of thing. Bo mentioned all the the individual tribes that are that are created, factions and this sort of thing. But it can bring those uh, a war with a t- uh, a token outsider can bring that faction closer together, right? Yeah. 
I, I think we've been speaking about it pretty pragmatically, but like not really in the context of like who we are in to some extent, because, you know, during the Vietnam War, which is another war of note, I think we didn't talk about it too much because we didn't really live through it. But probably our parents, well, it was an American war, but, you know, that's where the hippie movement came, came out of and sort of. There's this idea, this cultural idea, and I think as a backlash to that, to the Vietnam War, it's like part of being a hippie is, is to me anyways, is it's like war under any circumstances is deplorable and unforgivable. And we're trying to um, evolve ourselves into, you know, this more enlightened humanity that doesn't have to hurt others for the, you know, for the machinations of, of these these factions, whether it's defend it doesn't matter what the reason is to me that that war is just deplorable and maybe there's like i think that the some people would say well that's very naive obviously you have to have war because and you have to prepare for war because other countries will come and take your shit like you know but but there's a sense to me that like it's virtually inexcusable it's the slaughter of people and there's well, a lot of collateral damage especially now with war but, but is there but is to, to take us take a step back again but be, is that an aspect of humanity like there's there's always been there always been has been war there is war as we speak in the world is it just an aspect of well, of humanity like, that like, we like, because like older older types of war was were probably more men met on a field at a designated spot or however that worked and just slaughtered each other as a contest. Um, the more modern type of war, like the past hundred years, destabilizes entire countries and regions. It has severe environmental effects. It's like collateral damage is an issue now. Where you know, if a bunch of dudes, you know, I'm picturing like like European sort of medieval war, where it's like they're fighting in a field somewhere, or even you know, civil American civil war type thing. But like. To I me, think there was a lot just, of slaughtering of innocents all throughout. Like I probably, you know, and we can look at things that aren't war, like just um, you know, the the Europeans coming to colonize and slaughter Indians here. You know, like it, it wasn't really a war because we don't think you know because we didn't tell them it was. Well, the Native Americans really put up that much of a fight in comparison to the technical. You know, there was a technological well, no, was disparity. The it's, it's you a know, progress thing. Europeans are like, oh, look at their gunpowder, and yeah. it's like, well, oh, and you guys are easy to do like, against that. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just you know, so I think I think the thing I'm the point I'm trying to make is just like it's deplorable in any circumstance. I, you know. So do you want to roll up into your verdict on that then, or? Yeah, I think I do, and um, I think I pretty much just said my verdict because I'm just like we're very pragmatic about it. But um, I don't. I as much as I like engage in in sort of uh, violence in media, I suppose like I like video games where you shoot people and and um, you know I, I kind of enjoy those things. Like I have to say, like the actual aspect of war, I think is bad. I think I think there are cases where, you know, in self-defense or in defense, war is necessary, but it's like you never want to do it. It's because other worse alternatives are out there, like in the case of, you know, the Nazi regime, um, that it's, it's necessary. But like overall, you can't look at good and I think glorify it any way as positive because even though they're the enemy, they're still humans who were raised by people who had families who... You know, I'm not a religious person, but who just you need to respect, I think, all life, not just human life. And I think war is a great disrespecter of human life. So it's bad.
Uh, I'll go next. I, I, um, Bo made some good points there, and I think that uh, that it's true when thinking about war. You know, the, your gut reaction is that is that it's horrible. When I said it was necessary, when we were trying to look up for some good things, I was talking about controlling a crazed madman, and that was the most I could come up with because really everything else, war is a, a machine that gener- that feeds off of hatred. Essentially, most conflicts are due to some level of intolerance or hatred, be it religious. Uh, be it just, uh, you know, uh, economic. conflict, economic, uh, conflict with an out with, with an outsider, essentially outside of the tribe. And, um, I just think that, uh, I just think that war, um, is, is necessary in very, very select circumstances. And people get into this sort of slippery slope of arguing what is a just war, what constitutes it? Have we reached this point? You know, um, but I think overall, uh, when you look at the history of war, you see uh, a history filled with um, with with evil and with hatred. And uh, I I really feel that most conflicts in life can be resolved through uh, communication and through understanding. And this sounds real, flower child, but through love and acceptance. And like you know, uh, you look at you look at how say um, in the Second World War how Jews or homosexuals were treated. They're t- really they did nothing wrong, but there was a, there was a hate there. Uh, and, and and once you remove that, then you remove the desire for war to many uh, to many uh, in, in my mind. So aside from the restraining a crazy psychopath, like and even including that war across the board, I think is a bad thing. So bad, bad for war. Bad, bad. Don't like war. It's not good. Hmm. Um. I'm I'm actually finding kind of struggling with this one, um, though it that population control thing was compelling. I must oh say. God. <laughs> wow, it's not because of that. Like, oh, that's very that's very useful income. Yeah, oh, I, when I brought control. that up, I started thinking. Look, I was just trying to. Yeah, no, no. So he was trying to look at everything from all angles. I think that's... I, I feel I feel like the difficult why I'm having difficulty with this is because you know as I sit here again in my peaceful country and think about the concept of war of course it's bad I have no I have no issue saying it's bad but when I take a step back and think about like you know at, at very base what it is is conflict and there and I also think that it's 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 when conflict gets out of control and I agree with everything you guys said and I think we have better systems to deal with conflict than than war but i also feel like like that it, like is this just an aspect of what we are as human beings and that if push comes push comes to shove we're all capable of something like war is it just who we are deplorables it may be that 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 if you know it's like oh war is a bad horrible thing but push me across a certain level and i'm i'm on board with war and so i was i was debated between bad and and just saying that it's it's a it's a bullshit thing that's ingrained in our in 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 what we are as as a as a as a species and that we're all kind of capable just put put the right circumstances there and you'll sign up for a war and i think that's probably true of most people but i feel like you know i am sitting here in my peaceful country <laughs> you know i can't think of all there's so many blatant negatives that I have to say war is bad. I can't, I can't. So, bad. 
I was, I was trying to be like really well, take you, a step back and cold hard analytical about it, yeah. but you know, it's it's just such. A, <laughs> you you, you want to be avant garde about maybe or just like I'm think, not trying to be avant garde. Like, I'm trying I'm trying to really look 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 at 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 human beings and as an in an analytical way and be like this is always something we've done from like an impersonal and, scientific remove yeah so like to speak. and I was trying yeah. to but the thing is I can't I guess I can't separate it because you know it's just I, I like I like Crofton I've never been in a fight I I the concept of punching someone in the face is weird and disturbing to me I would hope I hope I never would have to do it. And I, unlike uh, you know you, Bo, <laughs> I don't like violent video games or or or, or things like that. Or try I try to tone them down purposefully because no, but I think you I I think you you have enjoyed that sort of stuff in the past, and I definitely enjoy not just the video games but like movies and honestly like h- history at university. Um, when you're signing up for courses, what do you think were the most popular university classes were? They're the ones that deal with war, right? World War One, World War Two, all that stuff is signed up. Even like uh, uh, medieval war stuff. Those are the um, th- those are. And when you look at history and when the study of history, really the giant focal points and turning points are conflicts and wars. Like otherwise, you know, it's like okay, everything went fine for these hundred years. Nothing really, you know, like everything. Boring. And then. Yeah, it's like boring. And then this country invaded this country, and shit happened. You know, like it, it's um, well, I, it it draws I, attention. Yeah, I think we're we're naturally inclined just to, as a matter of interest, like conflict, not just violent conflict, but all kinds right. of conflict and, and no, war. But, but I th- epitomizes, I, you know, conflict. yeah, no, for sure, the conflict thing. But I think it's like violent, and, and it's like when you think about like the video games and the movies and stuff, it's, it's sort of like we're all sit here being like, oh, yeah, war is bad. But secretly, we all kind of want to have war, you know? And I feel like if that wasn't at least somewhat true, then no one would play war video games. Like, there wouldn't be that excitement about something like war. And I think that's why it is kind of ingrained, and that's why I was struggling with saying war was bad, because these are elements that exist in so many of us. Those of us who are, like, can easily say war is deplorable, but happily engage in a, in a, in a make-believe war where you're blowing people's heads off because it's entertainment. It's it's just interesting. I just think that it probably is a component of humanity. It's 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 a scary one because it's in us all. I think somewhere. Yeah, we are hunter gatherers. Maybe it's the hunter part of us. You know. I I think we're evolving though. You know, we're we're finding better ways to deal with the conflict. And I feel like one day, you know, war will be a thing of the past. It's just not now. Yeah. In in the words of the great poet Axel Rose, what's so civil about war anyway? <laughs> So it's every clearly someone who doesn't talk, know what civil war is. I know. It's every time I hear the talk, I'm like, I just would sigh and be like, he's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, probably wrote it and was like, oh, this is my finest work. <laughs> yeah. Axel, Axel Rose, if you're listening, we're sorry, but you know, you deserve that's it. So rough. <laughs> Oh, All right, oh. well, that's good. I think we can conclude it on that note about Axel Rose. Um, listen, if you uh, have something to say on the topic of war or any of the other topics we've ever discussed in the show, please write to us. Our email is goodbadbull uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say because, uh, you know, we're just three dudes and maybe you've got an opinion that we didn't think of while we were having our discussion. 
Uh, finally, if uh, you're somehow listening to the show and not subscribed, uh, you can subscribe to the show via our website at goodbadbull.com. There you'll find links to iTunes, Stitcher, and a link uh, for any old podcatcher. This RSS link that'll that'll help you to subscribe to the show. Finally, you can follow us on Twitter at goodbadbull. And um, if you do visit our site, uh, you'll find a link to our Facebook page. So why don't you go ahead and and you know click like on that too and just fill your life with good bad or bullshit because uh, um you know because uh, i asked nicely please all right guys i think that's gonna wrap up the show um i had one little thing that i wanted to ask however was that um oh one thing i wanted to say it's not ask but uh you know if, if you're military personnel listening to the show i just want to say like i've often thought about what hap- what would happen if i ever got drafted or was ever in the military i think i actually did apply to go to the military but i chickened out at one point early in my life i just want to say like the idea of being in war or having to face down ieds and that kind of stuff i find that very scary so um i have a lot of respect for people who decide to go into military life i think that's a a pretty commendable thing at least as far as the the first world's concerned because a lot of that stuff is voluntarily um you know putting yourself in the line of fire and uh, so you know thank you about war anyway.